0: I see someone change in front of you, and you know there's no going back. It scares me to death.
1: No one's been here in months. It's beautiful. I love you, you know. I love you too. Does anyone need a refill? Yes, please.
0: <laughs> Have you seen this out here before? It's in the trees. It's all over. There something in the air. I felt a little lightheaded before.
1: I feel good. It's like I was knocked out, I, uh, I can't remember.
0: Mr. Turner!
1: Matt! Miss Turner, where's Mr. Turner?
0: It's so nice out today. Hello? What is going
1: on? I don't know. Something from the water. I can feel it inside. What is it? <laughs> Don't be scared. Don't be scared. How are you doing?
0: I am doing great. How are you this morning?
1: Good, good, good. Well, you're in Vegas?
0: Yes, Las Vegas.
1: And you're... I'm in New New York. York.
0: New York. How's things in New York? Hot. Well, we got you beat. 105 today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've been to Vegas a couple times. Have you really? Yeah. I went to it for my cousin's bachelor party years ago, but uh, not for a while.
0: We, well, we're kind of reopened, but I think things have gone bad. Everybody's opening too early, so just kind of wait. But we'd love to have you later on, though.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I
0: miss, I miss New York. You know, I, I can't get to my New York, so.
1: Are you from New York? No, born, you're...
0: born and oh. raised in Vegas. Born and raised Oh, in wow.
1: Vegas. Yeah. So. Very cool.
0: Hey, well, thank you for talking to me today about the Beach House. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, well, let's begin by uh, Pitch Me the Beach House. When you were, had this idea for the film, being the writer and the director, what was your condensed pitch, either for financing or to tell people what your movie was about? What's the Hollywood pitch?
1: Oh man, we had a really down pat once upon a time. I've like forgotten it. Um, it it's two couples come to uh, an isolated uh, beach house and then over the course of, of one night, things start getting weird um it was our our pitch kind of was more along the lines of kind of like the what the tone was going to be and I, I wanted it to be like a kind of a plotless indie movie that becomes very plotted and um but yeah it was you know two couples at a beach house and then inexplicable things start happening
0: <laughs> well that's that's a good way of putting it i found it yeah. great body snatchers very humanoids from the deep real disgusting But it's all against a serene setting, which I thought was kind of, you know, all this craziness going on in the most beautiful backdrop.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was part of it, kind of the irony of when you go, I mean, actually, the time I went to Vegas, you know, kind of the contrast between it being so hot outside and then going into air-conditioned hotel rooms, I got ill. And so that happens so often when you go on vacation where it's like, I really want this, um, you know, this weekend to go well. And it's this beautiful place we got in the Caribbean and then it rains every day or you go traveling in you know for a wedding in Mexico and then you get you know food poisoning or you get sick so it was kind of an irony that I had experienced in real life about vacations and about getting away where no matter how much you plan or, or whatever you do there's always this kind of chaos factor that makes it you know ironic in the end and um and it also comes with I think there was something about I think I went on a date to Cape Cod that actually was like the beginning of the end of the relationship, which is like not what's supposed to happen. So it was kind of those types of ironies were something that were that was in the back of my mind when I was writing it. And, that, and that's more true than you going there. And it's like just beautiful and great all the time, except in movies where it seems to be, you know, the weather's always nice in the movies.
0: And, you know, being a first-time director, what were you most concerned about making your first feature film? What aspect of it were you concerned about? And what, you know, surprised you when it was all over?
1: Um, I mean, just getting it to this point, I think, concerned me. There was, you know, our our process was very long. You know, it's the old saying that you can either have it, you know, good, cheap, or fast. You can get two of the three. And so we went for uh, good and. I'll say inexpensive as opposed to cheap because nothing is like cheap. There's no shame no
0: um, in the word cheap when you're making a feature film, especially a horror film.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's what, that was, I, I have a huge affinity for, for very small, horror and science fiction films. The ones that I really love and gravitate towards are the ones that are kind of smaller. Uh, indie films like Coherence or Upstream Color or, um, uh, you know, anything like that where it's just a very intimate film. I, I think sometimes the focus comes from that. Um, but yeah, um, my concern was just getting it, you know, I've worked on a lot of movies. My, my profession before this was in film production. And so just having the opportunity to work on films and it's, it's so much work, not just of the director, but of the crew, you know, they're really asking a lot of people when they, when they make small movies for typically not a lot of money, um, to sacrifice a lot. And so I always, I wanted it just to finish, you know, that was my biggest concern is that to make something that people could actually see was my biggest worry. Cause it's like, I didn't want to put all this effort in and then, you know, it just doesn't come out or it doesn't, you know, that was my biggest fear. Um, and then the, the thing about it that I really like in terms of, of my role is more about the collaborative effect. You know, when I watch the movie now, I see moments where an actor does something that wasn't scripted, that elevates the scene or the DP, our, our director of photography, Owen, Doing a shot that was totally his idea that just works, or the production designer uh, Paul Rice. There's a shot that's in the in the trailer that was his contribution. He's like, "You got to do this one for me," and sure enough, it was like that was right. I, you know, I really like seeing those moments or the choice that the costume designer made in terms of, "Hey, what about you know yellow pants?" And I'm like, "Yellow," eh. and then you see it and it's just like, "Oh, great idea." That that's was those are the best moments for me.
0: So that collaborative effort is really what you enjoyed
1: film is a collaborative i mean it, it just and even at the smallest smallest level you know I, i've made shorts before i made a short in my apartment that was in real time we shot it in 10 hours but no matter what that's still a collaboration there it's like i couldn't do everything myself i wouldn't want to um the way things are going with technology i think that you know um filmmakers can be more autonomous and i would suggest any aspiring young filmmaker to be, autonomy is the word, the more you can do yourself, the better off you're going to be, especially on the small scale. And,
0: and tell me about casting Liana, finding her. Uh,
1: it, casting was was interesting. Um, she kind of came to us in a weird way. You know, I, I I wasn't super familiar with her work before this. And then she came, you know, we, we saw a lot of people for that role, uh, which, you know, I, I always thought it was a great role. So I, I'm happy that people responded in kind. And I met with a lot of people and I had kind of particular ideas about what the character was and how she should look and how she should, you know, it's a lot on the actor's uh, shoulders. And she she came to us in a weird, you know, she kind of came after us a little bit. And I, I really liked that. And then I never got to meet her in person until we were out in Cape Cod. Like she showed up and I met her. I mean, you can Skype and things like that, but. Uh, for me, especially to to see an actor, it's like I'm kind of when you meet with them and hear them talk, I'm listening to their voice. I'm I'm seeing inflections of, of their face and, and how they move, and um you know trying to think of how you're going to capture that. But uh, yeah, it was very uh, serendipitous, and then I you know she really elevates the movie in a lot of ways, and and I I love seeing their scenes back to kind of what you know the collaboration and seeing different actors react to her, um, which is great. And then you know then then that kind of they react, and everybody starts playing this, this game of, of, you know, pass the potato. <laughs> but it, it was great. It was very fortuitous.
0: And uh, tell me about finding the right special effects crew for your makeup, and also the creatures and all that. Was that something you had a specific look for when you were writing the script, or was it a collaborative effort saying the special effects guys goes, hey, we think this might be really cool to work with, or...
1: The, the special effects artists in i'm I'm based in new york city the film even though we shot in massachusetts much of the crew was from new york and to be completely honest horror films ex don't there's not a ton of horror films being made in new york city primarily because the cost of making any film indie film making an independent movie in new york city and right now you know Accepting right now, which is a completely different thing because everything is shut down. It's very, very hard and things are just so expensive and there's so much filming. Uh, I started maybe 20 years ago and it was easier to make a low budget movie then because everyone's not used to how much productions can pay. Um, so that said, since horror films aren't really made here, there's not a ton of, of physical effects artists as I understand, and I've never made a movie in Los Angeles, so I have no idea but I understand that in LA and in some other places, they have meant you have a much deeper well. Um, But actually the effects artists, Pete Gurner and Brian Spears, I met with them actually years and years ago um, because they do a lot of uh, Larry Fessenden's movies and kind of all of the horror movies that come out in New York, their fingerprints are all over it. And so it was, I kind of, I would go through movies that I liked and I would take stills and kind of be like, what about about this one? And it's like, I, I think the remake of The Blob from 1988, I showed one of that to them and they're like, well, you, you know, that's a great effect. You're not going to be able to afford that, but you know,
0: which is by the way, one of my favorite horror films of all time, the remake,
1: the remakes, great. It's a, really? that, the the run of the remakes in the eighties, you know, the fly and the thing, and even the invasion of the bisentries from 78 and the blob, they just, it, I think there's an aspect of wish fulfillment to filmmaking and, and those filmmakers Spielberg and Carpenter and, Cronenberg, you know, they all grew up on those films, but they're like, you know, The Fly. If that really happened, he's not going to get a head on his shoulders, um, you know. So I think that that's why a lot of those movies are so strong. And remakes now, I I don't think they quite have that primarily because practical effects have gone to CG, and and that that changes things a bit. You know, I our film we wanted to be all practical. There's some CG in there that hopefully people don't notice, and it sounds like they're not. But there's actually way more than you think but um you know with with uh pete and brian i i just uh i brought ideas to them and then they kind of were like well what about this what about this and they really collaborated with our production designer paul rice who really brought a lot in terms of the the um in terms of the jellyfish in terms of a lot of the the icky gooey stuff and then when we were doing the effect scenes it would be like Paul would be throwing slime on one guy. Pete would be doing another thing. The, the, you know, it was very, everyone was getting in there and everyone was getting really disgusting. Uh, so it was really, I'm, I'm a pretty neat person. So there's something about making things messy in film that I'm, I, I like it.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, give me an example during the shoot where you had to come up with something on the fly, something wasn't going right, or you had to think on your feet. Was there ever a situation like that? I, probably a lot of situations.
1: Yeah, there's there were a couple. Um, I the, the one that comes to mind. There's a scene on a deck that was a night exterior. I'm very sensitive to kind of lighting in movies. Uh, when I watch movies anymore, I, I just watched. You know, some movies I, I really like how they're they're lit, like night interiors. I'm very I'm very sensitive to, and some I don't like, especially in horror films. I think that uh, there's a traditional like three point lighting that's taught in film school. And I really feel that cameras have evolved past that. And I think in a lot of movies, they try to emulate a very expensive lighting style. And then when they can't do it because they don't have the money or the time or the manpower, it comes off kind of flat and and old to me. So when I see movies, Steven Soderbergh shoots a lot that I really really, uh, respond to how he shoots scenes. So anyway, night exteriors are very, very tricky. I worked on a, a film called The Dead Don't Die, where all of our night exteriors were day for night. And that seems like it solves a problem, but it, it's, it's you have to really prepare to, to work that way. And we were not gonna be able to do that on the beach house uh, for multiple, multiple reasons. Um, and we also had a very small crew, so lighting night exteriors becomes very tricky when you don't have lifts or you don't have tons of lights. So there was a scene on, a, on the deck um, that I wasn't crazy about how it looked, and I could feel it when we were shooting it. I was just not, it wasn't working to me. And then we, we figured out a way to shoot it so that I was comfortable. And it's actually one of my, what came out of it when you go into the close ups of, of that scene, it becomes one of my favorite scenes in the movie because it also, we took the emphasis off the lighting and put it back on the performance. So it's a scene between Jake Weber and Liana. That I think is one of the best scenes in the movie, and it really came from a moment where our plans were not working, the shot list wasn't working, the wides I wasn't crazy about them, and then we just kind of put on a, a long lens and shot them close, and I was just that that felt much better. Of course, you know, getting to that was was very difficult and not a great moment on set, but you know, I was I was very happy with how it turned out.
0: And springing off of that, uh, what was your first shot on the first day and your last shot on the last day of your shoot?
1: Oh, man. What was the first shot? I think the first shot that is in the movie is when it's a shot. It's one of the first scenes in the movie. It's when uh, Randall and Emily first get to the house. And there's a shot from the inside looking out. And I think that was from the first day of shooting. A lot of what we shot on the first day, we scrapped because it was overcast. And we, I really wanted it to feel warm and to feel unseasonably warm. That's like part of the movie. And, you know, if it's clear out, it looks warm. If it's, if it's cloudy and overcast, even if it's 100 degrees, it's not gonna, it doesn't look warm. And so that was one of the few shots from that first day that survived, because I think we reshot all of it on another day the last shot of a movie i god i want to say it was it's it's one of Liana in the car towards not the not the end end of the movie we shot totally out of order uh, i really wanted to try to shoot as much in order as possible and then for a lot of logistic and cast reasons that went away day 3 we were like guess what you're shooting the last day you're shooting now and it's just oh, like yeah. Oh, man, here we go. But I actually, I found that I I liked shooting with effects and shooting the mood. That was much more comfortable to me than just shooting straight dramatic scenes, which was not in my comfort zone. But the the later stuff where it's like, g- give me some weird lights, give me some fog. I was into it. But I think there's a shot of of Emily backing up in the car. I think that was the, one of the la- very last shots we did. Um so-
0: and so you have the film finished and you took it on the film uh, festival circuit. How was that experience?
1: It was fantastic. We, our, fir- our world premiere was in Strasbourg, which is a, it's a European fantastic film fest. And we were very, very fortunate to be included with a bunch of other very strong uh, fantastic films that are all kind of coming out now, uh, Greener Grass, which I loved. And that was, that was at the festival festival. Um, I think the film that won, that was that one was a film called In Fabric by Peter Strickland, who I think is one of my favorite directors uh, right now. I, I saw that his film was kind of in competition against ours, and I was like, oh man, we're losing that, uh, and we did. You know, he he won, but I, I Strasburg was a, a fantastic. It's a very intimate uh, film festival. They were extremely supportive of the film. Uh, it's a great festival for filmmakers. You got I got to meet other uh, journalists and filmmakers. I got to meet. Uh, buddy Giovizzano, who directed Combat Shock which is a totally bizarro film that I and I was it was one of those like really like you're sitting in front of me we're having lunch great Uh, my wife got to come she loved it we liked going to Strasbourg. and then our U.S. premiere was at the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival and that was another fantastic experience they were very supportive of the movie Um, we opened it I got that was our chance for our crew and the cast isn't really in New York, so they couldn't see it, but a lot of the crew and a lot of my friends and family got to see it on a big screen, so that was kind of beyond what I'd ever really hoped.
0: And for a director, especially at those, these premieres, seeing it with an audience for the first time, did you, were you surprised what worked and what didn't? Because you don't know until you screen it, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's one particular scene that, that works real well every time. And, um, I, you know, it, it's... I was very self-conscious about it, but I'm more comfortable now after I'd seen it with a couple of audiences, um, especially because the first one in Strasbourg, I like, my wife had two friends that actually made it to Strasbourg. They drove through Europe and came. So I had, you know, those th- those friends there, but beyond that, it was a room full of strangers, many of which English was not their first language, which I, it was something I was like, <laughs> I hope they like it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, the the film, I never—it's a small movie, and in this day and age, smaller films just go straight to kind of uh, uh, home screening or, vi- or you know streaming. And I kind of always envisioned it as that experience, as a, a solitary experience of somebody watching it alone in a dark room, as opposed to being in a theater full of people. So that, to me, was just gravy. And uh, you know, and in Strasbourg, they they screened it at an an immense uh, screen that was like bigger than my apartment. That was that was like. That was really something.
0: (laughs) You got to be satisfied because all your hard work now is premiering on AMC Shutter on July 9th. That's a big deal, Jeff. That's a really big deal.
1: Thanks. Yeah. It's sinking in. Uh, today it's like, it's been, we've, I've been, I've been working on it. I mean, we shot it in 2017 and we've really finished it in about the summer of 2019. I think is when we were like really done. It was just, it was a lot of intricate things that we had to do. And so it was something that was personal even even past filming it and, and editing it and doing the sound mix, it was still a very personal thing. And then like last week it just really started coming out and I was like, huh, I never I never thought about this aspect of it, which has been great. I'm really, you know, I'm really excited that people are responding to it and liking it. And you know, I hope more people enjoy it or stumble upon it late one night and are just like, huh, oh, that movie was not what I expected.
0: Well, Jeff, I had a really good time with your film. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. And uh, when Vegas uh, settles down, the world gets back to normal, come visit us in Las Vegas. We'd love to have you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. I'll, I'll take you up on that. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.